with our penitent confession. Mission, let these words my soul relieve. Jesus, sinners, thus receive. No, where is scarlet my transgression? It shall be as white as snow by thy blood and bitter passion. For these words I now believe, Jesus, sinners, doth receive. Now my conscience is at peace, from the law I stand acquitted. Christ hath purchased my release, and my every sin remitted. Not remains my soul to grieve, Jesus, sinners, doth receive. <clears throat> Forgiving. To cleave, Jesus, sinners, doth receive. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. <clears throat> Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserved your temporal and eternal punishment. But I am heartily sorry for them and sincerely repent of them. And I pray you of your boundless mercy and for the sake of the holy, innocent, bitter sufferings and death of your beloved Son, Jesus Christ, to be gracious and merciful to me, a poor sinful being. Upon this your confession, I by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant to the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Consider my affliction and my trouble and forgive all my sin. You are my God of my salvation, for you I wait all day long.
O God, my soul, and deliver me. Let me not be put to shame, for I take refuge in thee. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Turn to me, and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Lord, have mercy upon us. Christ, have mercy upon us. Lord, have mercy upon us. Glory be to God on high. Lord God, Heavenly King, God the Father Almighty, O Lord, the only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, O Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, that takest away the sin of the world, have mercy upon us. Thou that takest away the sin of the world, receive our prayer. Thou that sittest at the right hand of God the Father, have mercy upon us. For thou art holy, Thou only art the Lord, Thou only, O Christ, with the Holy Ghost, art most high in the glory of God the Father. Amen. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O God, the protector of all who trust in thee, and without whom nothing is strong and nothing is holy, multiply your mercy upon us that with you, as our ruler and guide, we may so pass through things temporal that we lose not out on things eternal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. <clears throat> The Old Testament lesson for this, the third Sunday after Trinity, is written in the seventh chapter of the prophet Micah, beginning at the 18th verse. Who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of his inheritance? He does not retain his anger forever because he delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion upon us. He will tread our iniquities underfoot. He will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea. He will show faithfulness to Jacob and steadfast love to Abraham, as you have shown to our fathers from days of old. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Cast your burdens on the Lord, and he will sustain you. I call to God, and the Lord will save me. 
He redeems my soul in safety. The epistle lesson is written in the first chapter of St. Paul's first letter to Timothy, beginning at the 12th verse. I thank him who has given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he has judged me faithful, pointed me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and an insolent opponent, but because I received mercy, I had acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am foremost. I received mercy for this reason, and in me as foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the king of ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel is written in the 15th chapter of St. Luke, beginning at the 11th verse. Glory be to Jesus said, there was a man who had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of property that is falling to me. And he divided this property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all that he had and took a journey into a far country. And there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country. and He began to be in need. And so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And as he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, and no one gave him anything. But then he came to himself and said, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here of hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. And while he was still a long ways off, his father saw him and felt compassion upon him and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the, and the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring quickly the best robe and put it upon him and put the ring upon his hand and shoes upon his feet and bring the fatted calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older son was also in the field. And as he came, he drew near to the house and heard the music and the dancing. And he called to one of his servants and asked, What are these things? What do they mean? And he said to him, Your brother has come. Your father has killed the fatted calf. And because he received him back safe and sound. He was angry and refused to go in. And his father came out and entreated him. But he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you and you have never, I have never disobeyed your command. You never gave me a goat that I might celebrate with my friends. When his son comes to you, this son of yours comes, you have de who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed a fatted calf for him. 
And he said to him, son, you always are with me. All that is mine is yours. Is it fitting to celebrate and be glad that your brother who is dead is alive? He who is lost is found. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Ghost of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again according to the scriptures and ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of the Father and he will come again with glory to judge both the quick and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. And I believe in the Holy Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who spake by the prophets. And I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Glory, Lord, and honor to thee, 
Redeemer King. Lips of children, may sweet hosannas ring. Did our melody we raise? of children made sweet hosannas ring. Aces accept the praise we bring, a source of every blessing, our good and gracious King. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He'd been a prisoner for several weeks, and now he and several other of the survivors were um, tied to some posts in a lodge where the Chippewa were deliberating what they would do with them. In war, the Chippewa, like all the other indigenous nations of North America, didn't treat prisoners very well. If they weren't adopted into the tribe or repatriated, they normally were killed and often eaten after torture. And that looked like it was going to be his fate because he understood Chippewa and he understood what they were saying. And he really... Couldn't, he couldn't believe the, the wave of relief that passed over him when Alexander Henry watched Wawatam, who was the chief of, a, of the Chippewa, who had adopted him several years before, walk into the, into the lodge. His adopted father was walking into the lodge. And Wawatam moved towards the front where the chief the chief chiefs, Minivana and Wenaway and several others were seated. And as he walked past the trader, he reached down and squeezed his shoulder reassuringly. And then they, they sat down with the others and they got their pipes out and they filled the bowls and they smoked. And after all the pipes were empty, then he um, looked at, the, at Minivana. Minivana nodded and then Wawatam got up and left the council house. A little bit later, about an hour later, he came back with his wife behind him. And their arms were just laden with trade, with trade goods. Blankets and traps and knives and paint pots, a, uh, a, a firearm, powder horn, bows and arrows, and, he, and silver ornaments. And he laid them all at the feet of the chiefs. And Minivana looked at them and nodded. And then Wawata began to speak, addressed the, the leaders of the Chippewa. He said, what is it that I shall say? You know what I feel. You are all my friends, my brothers. You all have those whom you love and you, what would you experience did you, like me, behold your nearest, dearest friend, your brother, your son, in the condition of a slave? A slave exposed at any moment to insults and the menace of death. In this case, as you all know, this is my situation. This is mine. He stretched out his arm and pointed at Alexander Henry, his adopted son. 
He says, my friend, my brother, my son among slaves, himself a slave. And you all know that long before this war with the British began, I had adopted him as my brother. From that moment, he became one of my family so that no circumstance could break the bond of cord that fastens us together. He is my brother. He is my son. I am your relative, and therefore he is your relative. And how can you allow your relative to be enslaved by you? Alexander Henry left that wiki up free man in the custody of his adopted father. And then he heard the torture begin of his uh, erstwhile companions. And the emotion that moved Wawata, the Chippewa, is the same emotion that moves the father in today's gospel lesson. Same emotion, same emotion. How, how can he allow his son to become a slave, less than a slave? How can he do this? How can he not deliver his prodigal son? Because that's the situation his son is in. His son is, is uh, in a situation of starvation. And yet if this son returns, if he returns home, he will also be risking his life. If, in either, either situation, he's, 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 he's in trouble. You know, he, he took, uh, you know, he's in a foreign land, as our gospel lesson tells us, and then he wastes his, his, his inheritance on loose living. And now he's reduced to a situation where he's a pig herder, something which for a Hebrew person, a Jewish person, is like the, the most degraded thing a person that, of that faith can do. And he's so hungry that he wants to eat the carob pods that the, the pigs are fed with, which, which are things that pigs can eat, but humans, there's just no nutrition in there for us. They'll fill up your stomach, but you'll starve to death. And yet if he returns home, there's even a greater danger. But he's desperate. And so he reasons with himself, how many of my father's hired servants have enough bread to eat? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father and I will say to my father, Father, I've sinned against heaven and against you or before you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. Now, when we read this, it, it, the, the exact nature of what this, this young man's asking is sometimes lost. According to Osterley, in his great book on, on, on Jewish uh, culture, he says that essentially in, in the first century Palestine, there are three levels within a, a Jewish estate, three levels of uh, social status and authority. The first level, the highest level, right below the owners and their family is the bondsman. And the bondsman in Greek, literally the word for bondsman in Greek is douloi, slave, slaves. The Greek word for slave, douloi. They're number one. They're highest in status, right below the family. And they're part of the estate and they're considered beloved of the family. Right below them are the pay, the paydays, paydas, from which we get paidia, child. And they're more of the, they're, they're, they're underneath the bondsman. They're, they're a lower class. They're subordinate to the bondsman. And they do a lot of the manual labor on the estate. But they're more like foremen and managers, really, on the estate than, than, than just workers, but the workers are the mistoi. The mistoi are the hired servants. They're the ones that are hired for the day, that have no connection to the estate. The estate uses them and lets them go. Now they are free, free, but they have no value to the estate or the, or the estate owner. In other words, they're considered less than slaves. And that's what the son is asking his father to make him, less than a slave. And interesting. Now, why would he do that? Why would he ask his father to make him less than a slave? I'll tell you why. Because the prodigal son is really not repentant. Not really. No, it sounds like he's repentant. When you read it, you go, oh, he's repentant. He sees the error of his ways. No, 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 not really. 
Not really. He's not really, feel, he doesn't really feel bad about asking his father to give him his inheritance before the father has died and then going and wasting that, repent, that, that inheritance on loose living. He's not really, he doesn't really feel bad about that. He just feels bad about his investments. He wants to have the opportunity to earn them back. That's the reason he's asking to be a hired servant. Because a hired servant has the opportunity to earn it back eventually, eventually. He, he really isn't sad about the dissolute life or the things he's done. Not, not at all. Not at all. He just regrets he lost the money. The problem is, right, as the 14th century English proverb says, when you dine with the devil, you better have a very long spoon. In other words, if you turn your back on the people whom God, on, on God and the people whom God has placed in your life that have your back, why are you surprised? Why are we surprised when we are exploited and cheated and robbed? Why is that surprising? And so the returning prodigal son, he's not really repentant, is he? He just wants a lesser social standing so that he can, he can reverse his financial errors. That's really what he's doing. That's, that's why he's, so when he says, I have, confet, I have sinned against heaven and, and, bef, and before you, He's not saying, I've sinned against you. Just before you, you've seen my sin against heaven. I'm just not a very good investment banker. But that's not really an accurate confession, is it? It's not really a true Christian confession. Because you see, a true Christian confession has to be a recognition that I cannot save myself by my own reason or strength. That's what a true confession is. A true confession is an admission that I am unable to save myself, that I have sinned, I have done wrong, and I'm unable to apply a solution that God will find acceptable. That I rely ultimately and completely upon God's mercy because God, God makes it very clear in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9 that by grace you have been saved through faith. It is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works not of works, lest anyone should boast. But the prodigal son, as I said, is not really interested in grace. He just wants to salvage his pride and regain what he's lost. In other words, he doesn't regret, as I said earlier, the, cause, harm, to his, the, the, the harm caused to his father. In fact, by coming to his father and asking his dad, hey, dad, make me as one of your misthoi, one of your hired hands, he's actually insulting his dad again. Because what father in this room on Father's Day, what, what father among us on Father's Day would not willingly receive our sons back? if our sons went, went, went in the direction we didn't want them to go? What, what among us would, would make them less than a slave? How insulting, how hurtful, how hurtful. And not only that, but the young man by, by returning the way he is, is actually, actually risking his life by doing so. Because it's like this, in the, in, the, in the Arab world, in the Middle East, to the Syrian, to the Egyptian, to the Arab, to the Persian, the Turk, if you were to say, if I were to go to my father and I was in one of those cultures and I were to say to my dad, dad, I want you to give me the inheritance that's gonna fall to me when you die, but I want it right now. That is tantamount to asking your dad to drop dead. That's how they would hear it. And if your father didn't come across the table at you, I would be surprised in those countries. Because you're asking your dad, you're wishing your dad was already dead on Father's Day. It's interesting to hear that. That's what you're wishing him. It's a grave insult. It's a very hurtful thing to say to a dad. As a dad, I can say this is true. It would be a very hurtful thing. And every member of that household every member of the village outside, everybody that worked on that estate or was a worker or a, or a, uh, or a, a bondsman or a, you know, or a pedis, anybody in the family would be required by, by just from a sense of duty to avenge that father's insult. 
which means, and, and this is the reason why the, the dad is going to the very border of his state every day watching the road. He's not doing that for his health. He's, going, he's doing that because maybe my son will return today. And my son returns today, I want to make sure he doesn't die before he gets to the manor house. Because this is what's going to happen. If, this, if the father wasn't on the border of the manor, if he wasn't on the border of the property, what would happen is as soon as the workers in the field realized who that was on the road, they would come after him with their, with their farm tools and they would beat him to death. So that's why the father every day goes to the border and he's watching the road for his son, hoping that he sees his son. And when he sees his son, he runs. Because in the Middle East, see, nobody ever runs. If you're an important person, you never run. You don't run. That's humiliating. So he humiliates himself again to save his son. And that's why he embraces him and kisses him and calls for the, the robe to be put on him and the ring upon his finger and the, and the sandals on his feet. He's having him put on the ceremonial garb of office so that everybody will see publicly that the son is now under the father's protection. Just as like Owawatau placed Alexander Henry under his protection. Because if not, the prodigal son is a dead man. Absolutely a dead man. See, our culture doesn't think that way, so we read this parable, we don't really see that as a problem. No, no, no. He wouldn't do that in the Middle East. Not in live. Now, the father is protecting his son by demonstrating publicly that he has forgiven him. For how can one hold something against somebody when the one who has been most severely wronged by them has forgiven them? Think about that. And if somebody has severely wronged me and I forgive them, how can you hold a grudge against them? And yet, and yet, isn't that exactly what we do? It is, isn't it? It's exactly what we do. We hold grudges against other people that God has clearly forgiven. God has taken the sin that they've committed against him. Because King David was right when he says in Psalm in Psalm 51.4, against thee only have I sinned and dealt what was evil in thy sight. And he's speaking, by the way, in reference to the adulterous murder of Bathsheba's husband, and the adultery that he engaged in. Those were clearly sins against Bathsheba and her husband. And an infant died because of that. But yet he says, against thee only have I sinned and dealt what's wrong and evil in thy sight. And that is true. All sins ultimately are a sin against God. And so that's one of the reasons why we do this exercise on Sunday called church. It is. It's not just to get a lecture. I mean, that's kind of nice. If, I mean, it could be nice. I don't know. Maybe it's nice. You know, it's not just to come to get a lecture. It, it's to come in together as a congregatio, as a, as, a, as a communion. And we come together, you know, in this gemeinde, in this, 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 this idea of the parish. And we, and we see and hear each other confess our sins. To God, and we see and hear each other being forgiven. And if God has forgiven my sins and God has forgiven your sins, then how can we hold grudges against each other? How? And the same thing is true in Holy Communion. I mean, if I see you kneel at the rail and receive the body and blood of Christ, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of your sins, then I know your sins are forgiven. How can I withhold forgiveness from one whom God has forgiven? I cannot. Unless I think I'm somehow greater than God. Do, we, do any of us think that? <laughs> really? If, if you do, you need to look at your old card. And finally, to emphasize the genuine quality of the forgiveness which he is giving to his son, the father, as I said earlier, said to the servants, bring out the best robe and put it upon him, put a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. Again, this, this is going to be a community event. As I said last week, if you were here last week, you know, the, 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 the type of meat indicates how many guests, right? So a calf is the largest group of guests. So clearly the, the, manor, the Lord of the manor wants everybody to come and eat this meal. And that means everybody's going to have to come and receive this, the younger son 
who is in the place of the host because he's got on the robe and he's got on the ring and he's got on the sandals of office. Because these are official, this is an official uniform. And any insult to the son while in that uniform is an insult to the owner. And they all profess to love him. So how can they insult him? They cannot. And so basically he's making it impossible for vengeance ever to be carried out against this boy. And this is exactly what Christ Jesus does for us. In holy baptism, he places upon us the robe of his righteousness, the righteousness of his only son, Jesus Christ. That's what God the Father does. He places Christ upon us so that when we see each other, we see Christ. And when the Father sees us, he sees Christ. And how can we have anything against Christ? And then he invites us to the feast where again, the fatted calf, Jesus Christ, is slain before the foundations of the world, the sins of the world, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And we come to that ongoing feast, that everlasting feast of heaven, and we eat and drink the body and blood of Christ given and shed for us for the forgiveness of our sins. If our sins are forgiven, we cannot withhold forgiveness to each other. We cannot. Because ultimately, we are all the prodigal son. Although we think we're the older brother, don't we? We're the, we're the, we're the prodigal. We all are. In the name of Jesus, amen. Please note the blue news for this week. Uh, we celebrated uh, in first service uh, and during the Sunday school hour, um, the uh, confirmation of Michael Clenard, who has joined our parish and received uh, communion, his first communion first service. Uh, this week, we're, we are continuing uh, confirmation, summer confirmation, Tuesdays and Thursdays. And so if you're interested in joining us for that, you certainly are welcome. If uh, you're also interested in uh, confirmation at another time, please talk to me and I'll, I'll see what I can do to work something out. Always happy to talk about that. 
Also, the Bible study on Zoom continues from on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays at, from 10 to 11:30. Um, and then also um, the this um, on the 20th today, we are not going to be uh, hosting Family Promise. There's been a change uh, in their schedule; they're not coming. Also, this Tuesday, the 22nd at 6 p.m., the youth will be uh, enjoying some uh, some Marco's old uh, old style uh, European pepperoni. Plus, uh, we're going to be doing a little church cleaning for the church. So all youth, if you're in catechism or if you've already been confirmed, you're, everyone's invited. But please RSVP me so we can have enough pizza for you. you know? so, but we're going to eat pizza, really good pizza, and then we're going to uh, do some cleaning to the church. Because it's our church and we need, this is our week to help take care of it. Uh, also, uh, there's an AC update there from uh, Mr. Ulrich. Please read that. There's some lot of, he's done a lot of good things for us uh, in terms of the uh, AC, uh, as you can feel right now. Uh, what a wonderful thing to do to think it's too cold in here right now in, this, in the summer in Alabama. And there's also uh, an update on the uh, stained glass windows. Uh, one one uh, just note um, that we can need to work on improving is that Tuesday we had an elders meeting, council meeting. We had enough elders there, but not, not enough for a quorum at council. So if you're on the council, please, 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 uh, try to be at the meetings or let us know if you can't so that we can uh, make make allowances for that. So um, just something to think about. And then we also are recruiting for yard teams and cleaning teams. Our parish saves a lot of money every year because this is our house, the house God has given us. So just like you clean your own home, we, we, we need to clean this home. So if you're not on a, a cleaning team, please look at that. Um, you know, I may be calling you. I've reached out to some of you already. You already know. So um, I'm looking for the, the, the right answer for those questions. The, and that answer is yes, I will help. It's literally like an hour every six weeks, you know, literally. So uh, the more people, the easier it gets. Good. So Lord be with you on that. There's a couple of prayer requests. Um, one is that some of y'all know Mrs. Russell, who, who um, uh, teaches Spanish at the high school, or at least did. Um, her family uh, was in a car wreck, right? And... Um, Several people in her family had injuries, some of them very severe, and her father-in-law was actually killed in the wreck. So uh, this happened two days ago, and so we're gonna pray, pray for the Russell family as they uh, recover and mourn. And also Bonnie Smith asked that we pray for her ne nephew, Chip Chappelle, um, who had a successful back surgery um, recently. So we'll pray for him as well. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace that is from above and for the well-being of the churches of Christ and the godly unity of all Christendom, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew and Eric, our shepherds and bishops in Christ, for all pastors and teachers and all people, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation, all our people, our president and Congress, our governor and legislature, our judges and magistrates, and all who serve in public office, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick and the sorrowing, for those who mourn, for those who are in need and distress, for the homebound and the infirm, especially we pray this day for Bob and Jackie and Marga and Eddie, for Norma and Kim, Suzette and, and Sandra and Bill, for Hunter and Martin, Barbara and Chris, for Gail and Therese, Marion and Clayton, Meredith and James, for George and Larry Dean, for Earl and Suzette, for Bob and Mallory, Mark and Hank, for Sandy and Megan and Isaac and Haley and Marilyn, for Martha, for John, for Patty, Cecil, for Michelle and Carl, Karen and Jimmy, for Colleen and Ron, for Mary Ellen and Brian, for Theo and Easton, for Janice and Doug, for Fallon and Colby, for, for uh, Jamie and Audra and Francis. And we pray for the families of our parish who mourn, especially for the Parsons and Gibbons, Miles and Ellis's, the Smiths and Overy families, the Neelan and Niece and Barbie families. 
And we pray, Heavenly Father, for all those in our country's armed forces, especially for Paul Turner, Paul and, and, and Hayden and Mike. And we pray, Heavenly Father, for all of our university students, including Colleen and Noah, Harrison and John, Katie and Dylan, for Audrey and Dylan, Sarah and Olivia, for Jason and Jacob and Minnie and Emma. And we pray, Heavenly Father, also for those to whom death is drawing near and for us all, that when our last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of the sure faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and the communion of Christ's holy church. Let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who've gone before us in the faith and rejoicing to share with them the Sabbath rest, which Christ has won for his people, that together with them, we may be found faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of the resurrection of the dead. Let us pray to the Lord. We pray especially um, for, the, um, for the Russell family. Lord God, Heavenly Father, have compassion, O Lord, upon all who mourn and upon all who are lonely and desolate because, on the de because of the death of uh, Mrs. Russell's father-in-law. We pray that you would be with all those of the family who are now also injured, that, that you would heal them in a quick and, 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 and purposeful manner. We pray that as the family mourns the, the, their, their death within their midst, that you would assuage their grief in a way that is best for them, and that you would bring into them a fuller knowledge of thy love and wipe away all their tears. We ask this for the sake of Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. We also give thanks for a good surgery for Chip Chappelle. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we give thanks that you have had mercy upon Chip Chappelle. We pray that you would continue to visit and relieve your servant for whom we offer up our supplications, that you would look upon him with the eyes of thy mercy, and that you would continue to give him comfort and sure confidence in thee, that you would defend him from the dangers of the enemy and keep Chip in perpetual safety and peace through the merits and mediation of Jesus Christ. Thy Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with thee in the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Lord be with you. your hearts let us give thanks unto the Lord our God it is truly meet right and salutary that we should all times and all places give thanks unto thee. O Lord, Holy Father, almighty, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ, thy Son, who on this day ever came death on the grave, and by his glorious resurrection opened to us the way of everlasting life. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify thy glorious name, evermore praising thee and saying, 